welcome to the fifth and final episode of the first season in this podcast entitled Two Young Christians. We will be picking up where we left off on our last discussion of Friends. If you have not listened to the previous episode on Friends, please do so before listening to this one. In that last episode, we looked at the importance and relevance of friends in our lives as college students. We saw how we have to surround ourselves with good Christian friends because peer influence plays such a large role in our life and honestly our relationship with the Lord. If we are meant to live in Christian community, then we have to be committed to doing just this. We ended the last episode with a little bit of a cliffhanger. I offered some advice and pointed you to ways in which we are to be living. I then asked some follow-up questions that probably popped into your mind as I was talking. So, after listening to that episode, maybe something that came into your mind was, What if I have Christian friends? Am I good? Can I just check this off my list? If you weren't thinking about that, it's very likely this came into your mind. What if I have unbelieving friends? Should I just leave them in the dust and say, I can't talk to you anymore because you're spiritually discouraging to me. And lastly, you may have thought about, what if you only have Christian friends? Is that what scripture commands? Let's look at all of these and what God's word has to say now. So, the person listening to this podcast with Christian friends. Maybe in the last episode, when I asked you to list off three of your closest friends, all of the ones you named were Christians. You may even be able to tell me the name of the church they go to. Okay, let me push you a little bit harder. And before I do, I want to once again make it clear that I'm saying these things to myself as well. There are still so many things that I need to work on and improve in my own life. As I write these episodes to you, and you may think, wow, this is really applicable to me. Or, how do you know to talk about this? It's because they're things I'm struggling with. So, Here is my harder push. When is the last time you talked to this friend about how good the Lord is? When is the last time you prayed with them? If life throws something super hard at you and you go to this friend, are they going to point you towards the Lord? And if something hard happened in their life, would you point them towards the Lord? What I am trying to get out here is that it's not enough just for you to be a Christian and for your friend to be a Christian, if you want to be spiritually encouraging to one another. Of course, it is such a blessing if you have a friend that is saved and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. But to live an authentic biblical community, it takes more than just knowing your friend will spend eternity with the Lord. This friendship has to be founded on the gospel. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, quote, I thank God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, end quote. Now let's look at the book of Colossians and examine chapter 1 and just see how Paul is so affectionate towards his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So beginning in verse 9 of chapter 1. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, 
asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What does Paul write in these churches have to do with you and your friends? Paul shows his relationship with this church and the members of it is founded upon the gospel. These are relationships in which they pray with and for one another. They encourage one another in the truth of the gospel and remind each other of just how lost they were before Christ. They push each other to live out the gospel and they want all those around them to live a life that is glorifying to the Lord. Everything about their relationship is dependent on their partnership in the gospel. As Paul writes this also in Philippians. So, relating to our friendships, they need to include these things. Are we praying with our friends? Are we constantly reminding them of just how lost we would all be without Christ? Do we keep them accountable for their walk with the Lord? and encourage them to live a life that is glorifying to Him. If we aren't, then what separates those friendships with worldly friendships? As I said, it is certainly a good thing if we have a friend that is a Christian. But this means that that friendship we have needs to be a Christian friendship. Thus, a friendship founded upon Christ. We talked about in the last episode just how influential friendships are, especially at our age. So we need to be influencing our friends in a way that encourages them in their walk with the Lord. You should see your main goal in your Christian friendships as, how can I encourage them to glorify the Lord more in their life? Because if glorifying the Lord is the ultimate purpose of life to a Christian, then we want our friends to be living this out in the best way they can, still in their flesh. So my application to us today is this. Commit this week to engage in your Christian friendships in a way that is glorifying to Christ. Call them and ask them how their walk is going. Ask them what they have learned from God's Word lately. Tell them you're praying for them. Live in biblical community with them. Having Christian friends and not talking about your faith is like buying a new Lamborghini and leaving it in your garage. When people come over to your house, you turn it on and rev it up, but you don't take it driving. You don't use it for its ultimate purpose. You only prop it up for people to admire. Don't just say you have Christian friends, but use these friendships for their purpose, what they're meant for, to encourage one another in living a Christ-honoring life. To our second question that we thought about, what if I have a close friend that's an unbeliever? What if, when I asked you to name off your top three closest friends, there was an unbeliever on that list? I think the best way to approach this and to see how what we are to do is to first look at what we should not do and then go from there. So first, do not send this person a text and say, 
I can only surround myself with believers. Get away from me. I can't talk to you again. Don't tell them, especially, never come with me with your problems because you're not a Christian. What I'm not telling you to do is to completely abandon that relationship you have invested so much in. Here's what I think we are to do, though, if we have close, unbelieving friends. I think for starters, our perspective of that relationship has to change. We have to know that each relationship we are in is influential for both parties. So for that person we have in our life that is an unbeliever, we must see that relationship as a relationship in which our goal is to influence them with the gospel and the consequential truths of the gospel. We cannot look at that friendship as one in which our goal is to just have fun with them. There's a little bit of hurt to me even right now as I write this. I have unbelieving friends that honestly, I just like to spend time with, right? I'm sure you can relate. I think having this perspective though is insanely selfish. I think when I look at my friendships with unbelievers and I just want to enjoy their company, it's so selfish. Why? Because I'm more concerned with my temporary joy than their eternity. And that eternal joy that they could have that comes with knowing Christ. So this means my perspective in these friendships need to be, how can I in every single interaction without exception show them the gospel and the freedom it brings from our sins. So that is how we benefit one party of the relationship, our friend. How do we benefit us? Again, I do not say this lightly, and I do not say this as someone who is living this out perfectly. But I think there has to be some separation in that relationship. The most important thing in our lives as Christians should be Christ. Thinking back to our identity episode, we are to find our identity only in Christ. So if we have someone in our life that is consistently negatively affecting our walk with the Lord, we at least need to put some space in that relationship so they are not influencing us in that way. If we think of that relationship as, I just want to enjoy time with them, I like them, then naturally we will be influenced by them. In both looking at us and that friend, we have to prioritize God. And when looking at ourselves, we have to put ourselves in environments and relationships which are beneficial to our walk with the Lord. Practically, this looks like us not going to an unbeliever for major life advice because they see the world with a completely different lens. Say you have a person that you are interested in romantically, but they aren't a believer, but you really, really like them. If you go to your friend who's an unbeliever and say, do you think I should try to date them? They're probably going to say, go for it. Why not? You like them. They seem nice. But if you went to a Christian friend, they'd point you towards 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Two completely different answers in a situation that is so important with your walk in the Lord. As college students, the question we should always be asking is what is influencing me? And is it influencing me in a way that is God glorifying? If it is not, there needs to be a change made. We have to honestly be fearful in how close of a relationship 
we have with an unbeliever because how it can affect us. Be careful here, brothers and sisters. I know I just threw a lot at you, so let me summarize what I said concisely. If you have a close friendship with an unbeliever, we should shift our perspective of that relationship. First, we must be constantly thinking, how can I lead them towards the cross? And secondly, we must keep in our minds, how are they influencing me in my walk? Then change the dynamic of that relationship accordingly. It is not selfish to put your relationship with Christ above all things and all people. It is what God's word prescribes. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Next, to the person who is listening and only has Christian friends, maybe even if I asked you to name your top five friends or ten friends, I don't know how many friends you have, you'd say they're all Christians. What are we to do with that? I think the word friend is tricky. If you've noticed, I've tried to be careful in how I use that word. So I would advise that if you only have Christian friends, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think you could make a well-stated argument that only having Christian friends is biblical. But we have to be careful here. I would say Scripture also prescribes that we need to be developing relationships with people that are unbelievers. If we're going to show someone the truths of the gospel through our life, they at least need to be close enough to where they can see those truths being lived out. Again, not close enough where they're influencing us in our walk, but close enough to where they see how your way of life is different. Jesus, God himself, spent time with sinners. People even called him a drunkard because of who he spent time with. So this goes to show that in developing these relationships with unbelievers in order to witness to them, we may lose some things, our reputation, but we have to be willing to lose these things so that we can teach them the gospel and show them Christ's love. So if your entire bubble, everyone in your environment is a believer, I would say that this is a push to develop relationships with unbelievers and show them Christ's love. Three simple statements. Keep these on your mind and in your heart. First, if you have friends that are Christians, live in community with them. Second, if you have close unbelieving friends, you may want to create some space in that relationship to where they are not influencing you spiritually, but you are still able to teach them the gospel. Third, to the person who does not have an unbeliever around them consistently. Find an unbeliever and commit to being salt and light to them. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Seek the Lord and Live. This was the fifth and final episode of the first season of Two Young Christians. For more information or questions, you can email me at seekthelordandlive56 at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at seekthelordandlive56. It is truly my prayer that you seek the Lord and live. I'm Wyatt Griffin, and thanks for listening.